Hey, Beginners Patrick here. Welcome to AFB, Aliens for Beginners podcast. So, I had an interview lined up earlier in the month with a guest that didn't work out due to technical issues on her end. And God bless her, she stuck with me for an hour trying to work through it, but to no avail. So hopefully I'll catch up with her another time. But since I'm a small, fledgling operation and I don't have a backload, a backlog of episodes... I, I kind of had a gap there to fill in, and so since I'm still kind of in the experimental stage, I decided to try these mini quick hit episodes. You know, throw them at the wall and see if they stick. So I recorded three of these uh, quick hit episodes, I called them mini-sodes, and well, they didn't exactly stick. <laughs> but two of, two of these three mini-episodes were on the Reddit microbiologist alleged whistleblower. I had already prepared the third and final installment in that mini-series. However, since the other two episodes didn't get any traction, and since I feel the subject matter is extremely important, I decided to combine the three into one full episode, which is what you're about to hear. So I took the mini-episodes down, but I will include the information newly recorded here in this episode. But before I get into that, I want to touch base with you on what is currently in the AFBQ. There is a lot of meat on the bone in there. If you're into Bigfoot, my two Tim Moon episodes are must-listen-to material. In the Tomato Fields episode, I interviewed Tim about his novel inspired by, the, by his brother's real-life encounter. Tim says in that episode that I was the most astute interviewer he's had so far with regard to the book itself. In the Bigfoot Fun Facts episode with Tim, I promise you that you will hear some facts, ideas, or concepts that you may have never heard before regarding Bigfoot. In Man is for Beginners Part 1, you can hear a dramatic tale of an experiencer with an eight-foot-tall praying mantis and other beings. I discuss their possible involvement with the human soul. In Antarctica, for beginners, I get into some into Operation High Jump, flying saucers and structures beneath the ice. There's all that and more, so do check it out and tell a friend. I know AFB is not the slickest, most polished podcast out there at this moment. It's not really trying to be, but if you could rate it on the thoughtfulness of the content, the insights and ideas presented, that would be much appreciated because that's really what I'm trying to convey. Okay, so before I get started on the Reddit post, I want to talk about the stuff that's going on in D.C. I've had to check my attitude on this a little because at first I found this really annoying. I've never understood the whole need to have the government confirm something that I already know. And when I watched some of it and listened to the clown show, I found it even more annoying. But I read something that someone posted on Instagram that made a lot of sense. I don't even remember who posted it. But it said, it said remember that the congressional hearings are not for the UFO community. They are for the people who are not in the loop, not knowing anything about the topic. And this is all new to them, aside what they've heard on the periphery, you know, over the years. That kind of puts it in perspective, and yes, obviously it's a good thing. It brings much-needed validation to the whole subject and exposes more folks to it. That said, from the UAP Navy videos to present, 
the whole thing kind of does smell of controlled disclosure. And it is interesting to see the competing interests. Not all the powers that be are down with these revelations. But perhaps the most amazing thing is the pathetic, uninformed, smirking, eye-rolling, quote-unquote, reporting by some in the mainstream media on the UAP thing and the congressional hearings and some of that stinks of people who know stuff they don't want you to know because knowledge is power. Right? All right, so let's get into the Reddit whistleblower microbiologist post. So on July 5th of this year, just a few weeks ago, an anonymous Reddit user posted an extremely long and thorough account of high strangeness. This person claimed to be a microbiologist working on what they called EBOs, E-B-O, or exobiospheric organisms. The poster makes a distinction between these beings and the traditional greys, maintaining there is a slight difference, perhaps similar to the difference between the Ebens and the traditional greys I discussed in my Ebens episode. The person claims that the beings are, quote, artificial, disposable, and ephemeral, unquote. This certainly supports what is widely believed by many researchers about the greys, that they are disposable bioengineered worker bees, or at least some of them are. In my episode on the Ebens, I pose this as a possible reason why there is no retaliation when crafts are taken down, the crafts and the, and the occupants are disposable. The poster, claiming to be a PhD in microbiology and to have been kind of drawn into this program through happenstance, stated that there were four alien bodies at this particular facility and that they all showed signs of significant trauma. The bodies had apparently been there for some time and were stored through a process of vacuum sealing and freezing. The poster stated that the scientists were studying the biology of these beings for the purpose of trying to elucidate of, quote, elucidate the genome and proteome basis, unquote, of the organisms. The posters state that the beings are similar to humans genetically and are based on DNA, and that it is possible that their biosphere and, and ours, quote, shared a common ancestry, unquote, and that it is possible that these two biospheres split at some point in history after these beings came on the scene. That's fascinating when you consider the implications. The poster also states, quote, their genetics are not based on the same genetic system, but they're also, I'm sorry, their genetics are not only based on the same genetic system, but they're also even compatible with our own cellular machinery. This means that you can take a human gene and insert it into an EBO cell, and that gene will be translated into protein, and this of course works in reverse with a human gene inserted into an EBO cell. Let me read, I'm going to read that again because I screwed it up a little bit. The poster states, quote, their genetics are not only based on the same genetic system, but they're also even compatible with our own cellular machinery. 
This means that you can take a human gene and insert it into an EBO cell, and that gene will be translated into protein. And this, of course, works in reverse with a human gene inserted into an EBO cell, end quote. Well, that certainly is, an, is interesting to say the least, and certainly seems to lend itself to the concept of hybridization. Despite this compatibility, the genetic sequences of the EBO genome are repeated over and over and are virtually the same throughout their genome, which is strongly indicative of the artificial origins of the beings. The poster states, quote, There is no complex organism on Earth that has such elegance in its sequences there is no evolutionary pressure that can lead to this kind of characteristic other than genetic engineering, end quote. So, according to this uh, alleged microbiologist whistleblower, and I say alleged because I don't say alleged, in, and I'm going to repeat myself on this one, I do not say alleged in a disparaging manner. It's alleged because I have no way of proving that this is genuine and real. It certainly sounds genuine and real, and we'll get into more on that. So, um, that said, the, uh, the this microbiologist says that their the genetics are not only based on the same genetic system, but they're compatible with their own cellular machinery. And you can take a human gene and insert it into EBO cell, it will translate into protein, and, and vice versa. So what does that mean, exactly? Uh, does that mean that, that this DNA, these genomes, this genetics, and I'm not an expert far from it on it, is that, the, is that the basic building block of all life in the universe? Does it mean that these beings, since they are bioengineered ephemeral worker bees and they were manufactured uh, to be disposable, could they have been created by DNA harvested from humans? At some point, could humans have created these beings? Could these beings be humans from the future? There's a there's a whole lot to uh, consider there uh, when you get into the compatibility, uh, the genetic compatibility of these uh, exobiospheric organisms and human beings. The poster goes on to discuss the genetic sequencing of the EBO. This gets a bit technical, but in a nutshell states that each gene can be numerically identified along with its quote-unquote chromosomal location. The poster goes on to conclude from this fact, quote, for those with only a basic knowledge of genetics, this is completely unheard of. No living thing in our biosphere has this kind of precise address in its gene, genome, parentheses, and cannot be explained by evolutionary pressure, but only by genetic engineering on a genomic scale, end quote. So according to this uh, uh, alleged PhD microbiologist, all things point to this being, uh, being bioengineered, uh, being created through genetic manipulation. So that's just a, a portion of the post, and I'm going to move on to the uh, physical aspects and the physiological aspects of the Reddit post from the microbiologist whistleblower. So again, uh, so this 
poster is very clear about making the distinction between these two exobiospherical organisms and what he or she calls the grays, the quote-unquote grays of folklore. So this, this uh, person is making a distinction between the five-foot-tall grays and the spindly four-foot, three or four-foot-tall grays. These are the sturdy, even type of gray beings that he's referring to. So the being in question is five feet tall and is humanoid in form, has two arms, two legs, and a head. It has a gray skin, which is described as a biosynthetic film. Under this film is a white, hairless, smooth skin, which is the actual skin. There are a number of pores on the skin which function as the final outlet of the being's excretory system. This accounts for a strong smell of quote-unquote burnt hair and ammonia once the biosynthetic film is removed. So the, the being does not have an anus or a, a, you know, a, a way to expel waste in terms of urine or feces. The, the being's waste is processed through an excretory system that ends in pores in its skin, and then those pores are then covered by this biosynthetic film. The being has the typical facial features we've come to know, large eyes and nostrils, but no nose, ear openings, but no ears, and the narrow slit mouth. There is a mandible, but the musculature is vestigial. There are no teeth or tongue in the oral cavity. The nasal cavity where the nostrils meet is compact as it does not rise cranial but extends axially. There appears to be no equivalent to the olfactory bulb in the nasal cavity. The mouth leads directly into the esophagus and the nasal cavity to the trachea. The trachea and the esophagus do not meet. The eyes are also covered with film, presumably for protection when the film is removed. A quote-unquote more traditional eye is revealed, including an iris and a pupil. The eye is significantly larger than a human eye and is more complex with a quote-unquote broader visible spectrum. The brain is made up of four sections, all connected to a central lobe. It's 20% bigger than a comparable human brain. The brain makeup and chemical nature reveals a kind of intricate biological circuitry. It is speculated that these nodules are essential to interact with their technology, consequently determining the, the proteome of these structures is an absolute priority for the program. Let me read that again. That was a quote. I might not have indicated that. The brain makeup and chemical structure, quote, reveals a kind of intricate biological circuitry. It is speculated that these nodules are essential to interact with their technology, consequently, Determining the proteome of these structures is an absolute priority for the program. End quote. So if this, if the brain is set up to interact with technology, then you can see why that would be a, a t an absolute priority of the program. The neck of the being is longer and thinner than the human neck. There are no vocal cords in the trachea. As for the chest area, it is possible to, quote, see the trapezius and deltoid muscles. The sternocleidomastoids are well-defined. The ribs and sternum are clearly visible. There are no nipples, end quote. The being does have a pelvic bone structure. It does not have a navel, genitals, or anus. The hands have four long fingers with opposing thumbs. There are no fingernails. Finger musculature is entirely intrinsic to the hand. 
In other words, the muscles used to move the fingers are not in the forearms, but entirely located in the hands. Beings have long, narrow feet with two apparent toes, which are actually each two digits fused together. The feet are longer and narrower than a human's. The skeletal composition of the beings is similar to that of a human, one difference being there are copper oxide crystals where the bone marrow would be. The purpose of this was undetermined. All the beings' musculature was described as vestigial, defined basically as being nearly functionless. So there you have the primary physical characteristics of the alien bodies as described by the anonymous Reddit microbiologist which were, were examined by him or her and a team of some 20 scientists who are said to have worked in this lab. So now we're going to move on to the physiological aspects of the, um, of the being, which, they, which the Reddit whistleblower microbiologist calls an EBO, EBO, exobiospheric organism. So the, the EBO's respiratory system is similar to humans in that it has the equivalent of lungs, but there's no exhalation and inhalation. Rather, there is a, quote, unidirectional airflow. This is similar to the respiratory system of birds and is judged to be more efficient and may be related to the, quote, brain's elevated metabolic needs, end quote. Vocalization is made by the vibrating of a membrane between the creature's lungs. The circular system of the EBOs is very similar to ours. They do have a heart which, which pumps blood. The blood is similar to that of humans, but with a higher level of plasma, metal ions, and glucose, and a lower level of huma, hormones. The blood is, is brownish in color. The excretory system, as stated, on the other hand, is quite different from ours. There are no openings for expelling solid or liquid waste. Instead, instead, waste is excreted through pores in the skin. The brownish blood passes through an organ and is basically a kidney and liver combination. The filtered waste is then excreted through the pores. Quote, waste is excreted in the equivalent of a ureter, which branches out into four. Each branch flows towards one of the four limbs, and in turn, these branches divide until they end up as thousands of excretory pores, end quote. This results in the ammonia odor that is released when the being's biosynthetic covering is removed as there, quote, as there is no urea cycle, the ammonia concentration at the exit of the hepaturinal organ is very high. The ammonia is carried to the pores, end quote, causing the ammonia odor. The Ebo's heart is similar to the human, here, quote, the heart has two ventricles, two atria. There is an aorta, a pulmonary vein, a pulmonary artery, and a vena cava. Blood flowing into the pulmonary capillaries via the pulmonary arteries pumped against the flow of air, maximizing gas exchange efficiency, end quote. The digestive system of the EBO is underdeveloped compared to that of a human. There is a, quote, unquote, pseudo-stomach that uh, does not actively participate in digestion, but serves as a reservoir. The being's entire intestine is equivalent of our small intestine and is able only to absorb liquids. The whole digestive system points to it being highly unlikely that the being consumes solid food at all and is restricted to a liquid diet. Now, I do remember reading or hearing somewhere, and it may be have been a YouTube video, 
interview with C. Ronald Garner referring to Dan Birch's alleged work with being known as J-Rod, which fit the description of these EBOs as subsisting on chlorophyll liquid, which the uh, being absorbed in its toothless mouth. But I'm not I'm not 100% that that's where I heard it. And guess what? I can't find those interviews on YouTube anymore. So, uh, little was known about the EBOs endocrine, immune, or nervous system. The musculoskeletal system is described as ordinary and underdeveloped. So, that's a lot to unpack, to say the least. But now, we're going to get into... What I'm going to do is... I'm going to look at some of the Q&A that the poster... Uh, entertained prior to the post being taken down and yes it was taken down surprise surprise and then I'm going to also and I'm gonna read that verbatim then I'm also going to read verbatim some of the comments in the thread um, regarding the post so the post has since been taken down you can view the post uh on linda moulton house earthfiles.com uh they caught a got a screen grab of it and i'm sure you can see it elsewhere people had sense enough to get a screen grab of this post before it was taken down so you can view and read the whole post i've paraphrased i've Paraphrased from it, I've quoted from it, and um, to give you the best snapshot that I can, it's it's really, it's pretty dense and technical. So, now here are some of the questions that the poster entertained prior to, uh, you know, him bailing on the, on the post. So, uh, one person asks, uh, amazing story, have you shared this with the Senate Select Committee? on intelligence or with AARO, and do you have evidence to back this up? The answer from the poster was, thank you, no I haven't, and no I won't. Sounds like a honey trap to me, I will not place my life in the hands of politicians. I have no proof other than this message. I know it's not much, but it's what I'm prepared to offer. Another question, well that was a read. So they are bioengineered worker bees, any elemental components that are uh, unitributal to our biome. Yes, knowing that they're disposable, unable to live independently without technology, technological support, and that they're ephemeral. The only suitable hypothesis is that they are alive only to accomplish their task. And then he asks, can you clarify more about the elemental components? Um... That pretty much concludes the the questions that the guy answered that I can see. And then I'll get into some of the comments, the Reddit comments about the post. So one, one uh, poster commented, I'm an entomologist. I understood the text and I'm utterly fascinated by the implications here and also slightly disturbed. So basically, if they could run, the sweat is essentially urine excrement as well. 
and the evaporation cools the body. Ammonia evaporates at a much lower temp than water, so I'm assuming the method would be more effective. He goes on to ask some more questions along those lines. Um, another poster uh, comments, awesome read. I've worked in a BSL3 lab. I can t attest that this person, at the very least, has actual hardcore lab experience. I've found nothing questionable in the semantics. When I saw your heading on autoimmunity, I was about to be skeptical about how you could gather very much info from a carcass. And then your response was basically unknown aside from organs, which makes a lot of sense. You are sincere. I hope you stay safe, friend. Uh, another comment in the thread. Uh, for those that are not aware, this guy is definitely trained in biology. If this is a LARP, he definitely has a biochem background and is very creative. This is leagues above any other LARP I've seen. Um, and there's some more questions. Uh, another, another poster comments. I feel that this may not be a LARP or AI, so I have biology background and work. In the lab, not going to say more. I also have an avid interest in genetics and have read countless works on evolutionary biology from Dawkins to Darwin to Gould. I've worked on expression and extraction of proteins, interest from microorganisms like E. coli, the whole upstream downstream process. Microbiologists would understand, anyways, the terminology and precision in this post not only indicate the expertise of the author, but also lend authenticity. Copy and save the text of this post. I bet it will be taken down. And, of course, it was taken down. So, I'll wrap it up on that note. Um, again, this post, I think it's like 20 pages long. I just tried to give it a synopsis. It goes into some details on, like, locations and stuff. I'm not going to get into that. Um, so I, I think, you know, the, the important takeaways are the compatibility of the, of the genetics and those implications, the ephemeral, disposable nature of these particular beings, and, and the, the, the fact that, that the being is clearly a bioengineered, uh, manufactured being, worker bee type of being. So if you would like to read the whole post, it is available on earthfiles.com. I'm sure it's available elsewhere. Other people who, um, you know, had the foresight to go ahead and make a screen grab of it. I, as I said, I do not know for sure that it's genuine. I have no way of knowing that. Uh, you heard the supporting comments from the, from the uh, posters in the thread. Uh, it certainly seems genuine, but, you know, I, I have no way, well, I have no way of knowing that, so... I practice something called, uh, I, I practice uh, neutral disposition. <laughs> so if I don't know if, if for sure that it's uh, real, I'm not going to tell you for sure it's real. But if I think it's very likely that it may be real, I will tell you that. And I think that this may very likely be real. And at any rate, it does confirm a lot of things, or it lines up with a lot of things that uh, researchers have come to conclude about a particular type of being. Um, it just gets into it into a whole lot 
a whole lot more detail than, than I've ever seen. So I'm going to wrap it up on that note. Thank you for listening. And uh, I hope you get something out of it. So tell a friend about the podcast if you feel inclined to rate the podcast based on the content. And, uh, you know, I'm working, I'm striving for continuous improvement as far as the production goes. But anyway, thanks for tuning in. Take care.